When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's time for the 127th plane of a game that no longer has a name for fear of being canceled. I'm sorry. This is a Rivalry Week edition of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by P.G. Long, your Northwest foreign experts. Online at pglongllc.com. Dirt and spray on 1080. Calm down. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader. 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2. And, of course, YouTube.com backslash 1080 The Fan. If you missed the first hour of the show, you can always catch the Service Patriots podcast at 1080thefan.com. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash thefan. And you can always reach the show at the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit VancouverFord.com. I put a poll question up at Dirt and Sprague. <laughs> when it comes to the football fan who peed on Reeser Stadium around everyone, have we all been there before? Yes or no? But you were liars right now. 84.2% <laughs> saying no. Or at Duck Cruton. Peeing on my friends when standing around? No, I've never been there before. Yeah, just let it go. It'll warm everybody up. We're cold. It's 42 degrees. It's raining. Come on. We need something warm thrown into the mixture here. Uh, Oregon State at Washington or Washington at Oregon State this uh, weekend on Saturday night in the dumping rain in Corvallis, Oregon. Luckily, the fourth quarter was dry. Yeah, finally cleared out. Uh, but this one was an interesting. It was a low-scoring affair. And when you get there at the game, you see the rain, you go, yeah, I don't know who's going to score at all. I, I I couldn't see the football half the time they threw it in the rain. Yeah. Uh, I told you Anthony Gould fumbled. Nobody in the stadium really knew it because the rain on our side was so thick that all you could see was kind of a UW player scrambling and diving to the ground. Uh, but they lose another game within one score. They lose 22-20. to 20. They now have three losses on the year by a collective eight points. And uh, Oregon State feeling very disappointed, I think, right now. Washington continues to remain undefeated. I have a lot of takeaways from this game. Mm -hmm. What were yours? Well, first off, for Washington to go in there and win in that environment, in those conditions, that was, I I, I mean, outside of the Oregon game, obviously, because of what Oregon has become after that, that's easily their second best win of the season. A lot of that is the respect that I give to Oregon State and the program that they are. But this, again, highlights, I always love bringing this up, like, to me, reacting to games is much more enjoyable in this industry because we all watch and we have a different takeaway and a different you know, key point or two. But in previewing games, nobody knows what the hell is going to happen. That's why you play the games. Nobody has any clue. All week long, we talked about how if the weather truly does get ugly, who does that benefit? Who, there's a clear winner in that scale of who would you rather be playing in a driving rainstorm. And it's Oregon State. Nobody in their right mind last week would have said, you know what? 
A team that throws the ball 50 times a game, I kind of like what the weather does to their offense. Nobody would have argued that. And yet, here you are looking up at halftime, and Washington not only has a lead, but they've handled the rain better. They haven't hiked the ball over a punter's head. They did have the one fumble, but they got an immediate fumble in return on the very next possession. They handled the elements and the conditions better. Now, a lot of this gets back to play calling, and I understand Oregon State criticism of that. I know even I was yelling at my television like, hey, maybe run the football in the first half. I don't really get that. But it's just a reminder that we all go in with a theory of like, oh, this is going to happen, or I feel like this is going to... Nobody knows what the hell they're talking about. Washington handled the rain better, and I thought Penix, for all the great games that he has had this year, and he's had a lot of good ones, some people will try and knock this down in the Heisman standings of, well, he's 13 to 2,862 yards. Like, you didn't watch the game, man. I thought he was remarkable. He was putting balls on the money. He was hitting guys in the hands, and they couldn't catch it because of the elements. Hit big throws late in that game. I thought he he played a unbelievable football game on Saturday night. Yeah, you know, Washington, this is the one thing I had kind of noted about. You talk about previewing how it can be dangerous to do in the sport of football. There's no doubt the one area that I, I, I was kind of eyeing this game all year, I don't think this is a good matchup for Oregon State, the way Washington kind of thrives. The weather comes into play here this weekend. The one thing that worried me wasn't about throwing the football. It was the fact that their running game has kind of emerged here the last four weeks. And I know you can look at that stat line, 110 yards, mm-hmm. a 4.4 yard average. Like That's not overly impressive by most, especially at Oregon and at Oregon State where they thrive and run the football. But for Washington's offense, mm-hmm. I think those are the numbers you love to see. I mean, Dylan, Dylan Johnson should have had a touchdown. He scored. He almost scored that right in front of us, and you could see Oladapo coming. Like, is he going to get him? Is he going to get me? And yeah, that was Johnson, a hell of a play. Johnson never saw him at the corner of his eye. Damn near busted that one for a tud, and I thought it had some really timely runs. Oregon State's defense, I thought, kind of did their job here. Yeah, outside of the safety, like you gave up twenty points for the whole game. If I tell you that going in, Washington's only going to score 22, and you're going to hold them. Well, technically, they only scored 20. Oregon State That's what I'm saying. They gave them. up 20 points. But even just say 22, and you're going to hold them scoreless in the second half. You say that on Friday, everybody's saying Oregon State's going to win this game. I think po- most people would have said that, yes. Uh, but to your Penix point, and we'll get into this a little bit today, I, I, God, I know this statistically doesn't make sense. He was... So awesome. He was hitting dudes in the hands all night. I mean, he had a couple of bad throws, which is going to happen in the elements. He was hitting guys in the hands, though, early. They had that second drive. They went three and out, and I felt like three of those balls went straight through dudes' hands. Yeah, McMillan had a pretty – I thought he put it perfectly. McMillan had a drop. Balls were just going to go through hands in that game. It was way too wet. It was unbelievable they were even to throw the ball at all. Which highlights, again, why Oregon State should have had the advantage. And that third down he picked up to ice the game, like – that throw, you know what's impressive about him in person, Penix, is he's a little bigger than you think. Mm-hmm. And he just, he has zip on the football, man. He was making throws that, like, I'm exactly at his angle. And I'm watching him throw these. And I'm like, how, how do you see that? And he just, like, puts it where it's either the receiver's catching it or it ain't getting caught. And I, I just was overly impressed with what they were Given the conditions, given the road test, this was the spiciest upset of the weekend for everybody. Oregon State was favored in the game. Yes, <laughs> by by nearly a field goal. Yep. And so everybody liked this game. People mm-hmm. were picking this game. And Washington played. They had to play a different style of football. What I'm impressed by with Washington and Kalen DeBoer, who have now won 18 straight games, I'm impressed that they can morph when they need to. I don't know if that means they beat Washington State and Oregon. But what it means is to have a special season like this, you got to win in different ways. And they have shown, in my opinion, that they can. 
No offense, need the defense to win it, boom, check off the list. Yep. Outduel a high-powered offense at home, boom, check it off the list. Go on the road in awful conditions for the style of offense we run, boom, check it off the list. I came away with the Oregon State-Washington game just really impressed with Washington. I think they are a tough team. I think they're not getting nearly the respect they deserve in the ranking. Mm-hmm. And that just what they were able to do despite not scoring in the second half, their defense was really impressive to me too. It really was. And I, you know, you can't go all week saying I think Oregon State's gonna win the game and then turn around and not give Washington credit. What they did was was impressive defensively. I, I will say the only caveat I'll add on it is that it felt like Oregon State played into their hands a little bit. And I get why Beaver fans are frustrated because you have this you have this season where you're 8-3. and three. We'll see what happens on Friday in Eugene. But the three losses, as you point out, are a combined eight points. And whenever you lose games in that tight a margin, there's just a play here or a play there that could have gone the other way, and maybe the outcomes of the game are different. And there was times in the first half of that game where it felt like Oregon State was not playing the style in which we all thought that they were going to play coming in, especially considering the circumstances. And there was a moment, I thought, really on the second drive of the game for Oregon State that ended up being massive. And I know the drive ended up being a safety. But what, both teams score on their opening drives with ease, and you're like, hey, are we going to get a shootout in the rain? This could be a fun game. There wasn't a lot of resistance on the opening drives for either defense. Washington gets the ball on their second drive, and they went incomplete, 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 three-and-out punt. That's a backbreaker. Like, oh, here the crowd's into it now. It's 7-7. Seven, seven. Oh, yeah. You're struggling to throw the ball. Here yep. comes the elements. All right, this is exactly how we thought the game was going to play out. Oregon State got the ball to midfield. They had a third and seven. DJ had an 11-yard run to get it to the Washington 39-yard line, first and ten. Holding call brought the brought, brought the play back. I thought that call in that play was honestly the deciding moment in the game because Oregon State had that bowling ball going downhill. They were running the football. DJ was being effective with his legs. And if you go on to score on that drive, which it felt like you were going to when you initially picked up that first down, all of a sudden it's 14-7. The crowd's a little bit louder. The environment gets a little bit tougher. Now Washington is trailing, and Oregon State gets the ball to start the second half. Like All these things come into the picture and instead, you get a holding call. You then throw an incompletion on third and seventeen, and then you hike the ball over the punter's head, and it's nine to seven. And basically, the rest of the game, you're playing catch up, which then I think got Oregon State out of their offense because they had some drives after that, whether it was at the time of nine to seven or sixteen to seven, whatever the case. That it felt like they were trying to get it all back and trying to throw their way back into the game. And I just didn't understand the play calling. And there's, yeah. I think, Oregon State fans are in the right to be extremely critical of that because they were running the football efficiently. They did it in the second half, and they just got away for it in the first half. Let's talk a little bit more about you're hitting on something that I want to get into coming up next, uh, how something is a little misleading and uh, maybe a little Heisman chatter. we got to get to the Oregon-Arizona State stuff as well. So we'll get, uh, we're back with more Oregon State-Washington next on The Fan. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring! 
Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Unbelievable! Roma Dunze is unbelievable. He is very good. Dirt's making a face that says, I want to say something, but I'm not <laughs> going to. And I know that face very well. He's very he's a very talented wide receiver. That's all I know. He had like four possessions when they were going towards my end where Penix like didn't Penix looks to him a lot, but like he had four possessions where he was streaking down and like Penix just didn't even see him. Like he could have got a touchdown there. Yeah. Um. So you, you know, I Washington very impressive. You mentioned something about Oregon State and their play callings become a big problem for people, especially after this one because in the first half they're running it like an eight yard clip. This is my only pushback because I have defended Lingren in the past, and I think Oregon State fan, it's a little more complex than just saying bad play call. Sure. Right. There's 100%. things that go into every play. Yes. I, I feel like they felt like they had to get out of the run a little bit because it felt like a lot of first down one to two yard runs and now you're second and long. You're yeah. Washington's defense, this is why I gave him credit. Washington's defense, I thought in the second half, despite being outscored as a team by ten, I thought actually put the Oregon State offenses uh, the offense in positions they don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast last week about the NFL and how Shanahan In McDaniel's dirt, their offenses are not offenses that have to come back in. They're offenses that are more built for leading and and controlling leads. Yes, I think Oregon State's offense is the same thing in that way. I don't think they are built in any way to come back. I think they have to take a lead and control because of the running attack. And when the running attack is taken away, I'm here to also defend DJ a little bit. I thought DJ made some bad throws. I also thought the conditions were going to lend themselves for not really successful passing attacks. Mm -hmm. And, dude, I was watching closely. Those guys don't get separation. No. And, and again, I'm not trying to take all the blame from DJ off of here. He was 15 of 31 for 164 and two picks. But, like, I'm watching these receivers, and I just don't see a lot of separation. They had success with crossing routes. You can't send Anthony Gould one-on-one against Muhammad, uh, you know, who's bigger than him, what are you going to do there? So I think part of the reason they finished three, maybe four losses this year 
is because they did not address a weakness in their offense. They don't have a premier wide receiver. They've got good playmakers and good athletes. They don't have a premier wide receiver. And I thought it showed itself on Saturday. And so I, I think Lindgren and company felt like they were pushed into a form of offense they didn't want. The second half, Washington's defense, I thought, stuffed Oregon State on, on a lot of early downs. And it mm-hmm. puts you in obvious passing downs. And Oregon State's offense isn't built for that. No, it is not. And that's why I go back to that situation of the first half being so detrimental. Because you're driving to take the lead, and then you have the ability to play the game plan that you want to play the rest of the half. And instead, you hike the, you get a holding call, hike the ball over the punter's head, it's a safety. Now you're playing catch-up the rest of the game, and they never caught up, right? And then you eventually get the fumble, which is a gift from the football gods inside the five-yard line. Like, how often does a guy chasing a dude down, and you're seeing him try to go for the strip, and it doesn't work out, and he gets carried into the end zone? Like, that play doesn't often work out. But Oladapo made a great play, punched it out. You got a gift from the football gods to balance out the safety penalty if you just took points off the board from Washington and what did you do? Two plays into that drive. You handed it right back to them. And so I, there's a frustration at the end of the night because you're saying, man, we handed them nine points. Two of them were on a safety. The other touchdown came because we fumbled the ball on our own 15-yard line or whatever it was, and we handed them a short field, and they took advantage of it. You're spot on, though, that Oregon State is a team that needs to play from in front. They're a team that needs to be successful on first down, and when they're not, it puts them in a really tough position, especially considering the elements. I felt like every time that Washington got a stuff, on a first down run play, it was almost a guarantee that Oregon State's not going anywhere on this drive. And eventually on that final drive of the game, where it was unquestionably the right call to try and milk that clock, move your way down. He only needed a field goal to win the game. I love the game plan there. You started inside your five and almost got out to midfield. Yeah. On that first down of that final series in which you you eventually threw it away on fourth down, the first down run was like a loss of one or two yards. And all of a sudden you're in second and 12, and it's like, all right, good luck. And you're in an obvious passing situation. To add to it, DJ did not play a good game. He missed a lot of throws. The pick to open the second half was really bad, and they were fortunate that that did not bite them because that was not a good throw. But to, to further your point, though, about it not being all on one player – he also had a lot more pressure the entire game. Michael Penix, I don't think, was touched all night. Dude, they they got to him like one time they got close to and him when and they he stepped up and threw it anyway. Exactly. And he ended up having three scrambles that were incredibly effective. He had Huge. three carries for 22 yards, Huge. had the touchdown run, which yeah. I know was a design quarterback run, but every time he was under pressure, it felt like he found a way out of it. We yeah. knew that was going to be a thing going in. Oregon State had been creating more pressure in the past couple of weeks. That disappeared. Washington made DJ uh, throw from kind of a muddy pocket, and we know if there's a weakness of DJ, DJ had said if you get him under a little bit of pressure, he's going to you know airmail the ball a little bit. He's going to make some rash, bad decisions, and he did at times uh, this past weekend. The only one that I'll really criticize the series of is the Aiden Child series. Like, that was the one. That's a 9-7 to seven game. Your last possession ended in you hiking the ball over the punter's head, but you then get a stop, and you're like, all right, dude, we're, still, we're down by two. We're in this game. And that third drive of the game, you go, you bring in Aiden Childs, a freshman quarterback in a monsoon, and you go short completion, sack, incompletion. Mm-hmm. Like three straight passes with a freshman quarterback. I get it. They're probably game planning for the run, and you thought that you could catch them off guard. That's just a really tough position to put him in. It, it for sure is. Um, I thought DJ was, obviously, he was really good with his legs. He had that one long run where he did the spin move at midfield. I, I think was electric to watch live. I don't know why they don't run it more, man. He had and, six carries for 53 yeah. yards, nine yards a carry. Yeah, that, that, that's... That, that continues to be one of my biggest question marks of their season, really, is their offense's inability or his inability. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this is like, I don't want to get hurt. I'm playing for draft stock. I don't know if this is just by design. I don't know if it's his hesitation to want to run and take hits. 
he every time I felt like he ran this year, and the season's not over, but I felt like every time he's run, he has had success. <laughs> yes. And I I my cousin who's a UW fan, he's just like, dude, when he runs, he's he's a big dude. I run. He's I six five, two fifty. He gets very um when his first read is taken, I was noting this in person, like he gets very twitchy. You know the Dak Prescott hips thing that he got caught doing a couple years ago pregame? He doesn't look comfortable. DJ kind of does that with his body. He, like, does this weird twitchy thing back and forth, and you're like, oh, he's not reading the field. You can tell he's, like, struggling to see who, who's open because his internal clock is probably... Gotta go. And he's just, like, looking around. Yeah. Overall, look, you lost a crucial game. Let's... I know the points say it, it is, but I don't know if it's just as simple as, like... Well, you know, no safety and you win. I maybe, maybe you do. You did well, lose that's by two, but like yeah. I don't I think their losses are not as simple as the finals indicate. I said this to my cousin. He goes, Man, three losses by eight points. Cause my God, Doc Parker was either sick or he lost his whole voice for that game. <laughs> Post game Doc Parker was <laughs> tough. <laughs> not feeling great. Welcome back in. Oregon State loses 22-20. That's the worst feeling in the world. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. The I, end of the Schwab after I've gone like yes, 15 games yes. in three days. Okay, they won the but, title. It's over. Like Arizona, they got a touchdown within a minute to cut it to three. You need an onside kick. Like, yeah, that's a three-point loss. Didn't feel like it in the moment. No. Um, the Wazoo game, you're down 21 going yeah, into the like, quarter. Yeah, like, let's be honest about this stuff. The final outcomes yeah. are not dictating how... It's not one play only uh, with these games. So, yeah, you have three losses by eight points. I'm I'm just overall, whether you're 8-4, and 9-3, and three, I tend to believe you're going to be 8-4 and four this year. I think I've come to a conclusion, and now the conference is gone, this conclusion's kind of a pointless thing to say. But had this conference not been blown up, I think the reality is this. The conference is much harder right now, and you just don't have horses to get through games where you're not perfect. Washington does. Oregon absolutely does. There are teams in this conference that just have the talent and depth you never will, and when you don't have perfect games, this can tend to happen. And so, yeah, 8-4 and four might be what their record is this year. Maybe it'll be 9-3, and three, but I tend to believe it'll be 8-4. and four. I'm not sitting here going, you know what? It's the coaches. They're all awful. I think you are the type of program, your recruiting profile, your transfer pro, uh, portal profile, you're just, you lend yourself as a program because of those things to where four to eight plays a season can dictate eight and four to ten and two. Mm-hmm. And that year was last it was identical last year. You just won although like the Stanford win. Yes. Without that, you feel a lot different. Right. You caught that pass on a not a Hail Mary, but basically a Hail Mary and you won yeah. and you got a walk off touchdown. Like those are moments from a season ago that you kind of forget and you just go, well we won ten games. They're gonna probably be eight and four this year. And I don't think it's like, well, let's just talk. It's not a massive drop off in coaching and disappointment. I just think no. you don't have horses the way that some of these other teams in this conference do. You don't have the ability to replace talent too when it goes as quickly as some of the other programs do. Like that's that's the downfall. When you lose like their their defense hasn't been bad this year when you look at the st- statistics and metrics, but they they hung their hat on being an elite defense last year and that was an elite defense. They're not again horrible this year, but they're not elite. They're not a, you know, they're not winning games week in and week out like they were for you a year. Their ago. pass rush had done really well their last four games going into this thing. The biggest game of the year and they were nowhere to be seen. Couldn't I mean I mean yeah, and I'm not going to say like, "Well, they're all not good." No, I mean like they're good, but 
UW is 11 and oh, I I don't we'll get to Oregon and I think we need to get to this conversation but how many programs have the resume and profile of Washington and are left out of the top four? I, I just think it's a very fair thing to be talking about now. There's no argument now. I mean, they should have already been ranked ahead of Michigan because Michigan's won one game all year and they played nobody until November. The Florida State thing was a debate if you wanted to have it. That's gone now. That they played North Alabama this weekend. Or Washington went on the road and beat a top 11 team. There's no debate that's left. They should be at least a third-ranked highest team. And Jordan Travis is in the out country. for the year. Yeah, and I'm not going to even bake that in. I'm just going to bake no, in the I fact know. that you played North Alabama and you yeah. should be punished for that in the second to last week of the season where Oregon or, or excuse me Washington had to go on the road uh, to Oregon State. I, I think your point about having to be perfect is valid. It's hard to replace some of that talent. Um, and, and it's never just as easy as one play here, one play there. To the point on the safety from this game, Washington went for too late because of the safety. Yes. So they, if they, the they didn't points, need yeah. to do that. They could have kicked the PAT and you would have only won by one instead yeah. of two, uh, etc. So it didn't end up necessarily deciding the outcome of the game. It just was a momentum swing that was hard to overcome. Really weird year. DJ, I was, I was glad we got the experience i don't know if there's more evidence that he's gone than what happened in the post game where he refused to say what he's going to do but he thanked he thanked the organization and then he also participated in senior day festivities which yeah. i know you noted bo nix did that last year i don't know if this is the same situation and i think they i think they're kind of excited as a program to get the aiden childs thing going so yeah kind of a weird thing um ultimately though let down spot yeah you're at home you were hoping they could take care of it but Tough conditions, and God, let's just give Washington some proper credit. Yes. On the show, they are a really damn good football team. They are a very good team. Uh, More football to get to next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, welcome back in. Happy Civil War Week, everybody. 
Oregon went on the road to Arizona State. Let's let's go trust tree here. Uh-huh. Honest, honesty corner. Yeah. A one o'clock kick on Fox. Yeah. How much of this game did anybody watch? Ooh, uh, zero. Zero. Point zero percent of this. Zero uh, point zero. I was back in the hotel room uh-huh, in Reno. after after a shoot around. Okay. So I ended up watching the first half. Oh, okay. Well, you said, that's I mean, all you needed. All you needed. So to that see. was it. I was like, I was just, I was remember. Yeah. I was, can he? Can they do more? And then they got it back with like a minute to go at their own. What is that final touchdown drive? Ninety-eight yards, ninety-seven yeah, yards, something like that. Three or something. Yeah, we had somebody like, say, "Hey, how about that absurd stat? Swag throughout for Heisman yes. stuff for Bo, five hundred yards and eight tuds, <laughs> and he finished with six tuds. And he should have had seven. They had one call back on yeah. the opening drive of the third quarter. It should have been seven touchdown passes for like four twenty-five, give or take. But Ferguson got called for an offensive pi, which then, was kind of ridiculous. It was a little Come ridiculous. On. It's exactly what Roma Dunes was doing all Saturday night, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it was funny, I mean, because we went into this game thinking, is there any, like, what's it going to look like? Any sort of letdown? Arizona State's a horrible football team, and that just was not the case. You knew right out of the gate. Oregon scored on their first six possessions of the game. Arizona State did not score in the first half, and it was 42 to nothing, and the game was over. I will say thank you. It's nice to – did you know that Oregon had never won a game in Tempe in November? I didn't know that stat. Never won a game in Tempe. How many in games have they played in Tempe? I think Tempe they were 0 6 all okay. time. All right. So you got them early in the year. Obviously, they've won games in Tempe over the years. Well, but as you play night games in Tempe, is like Rice Eccles. You got to play it in day for the <laughs> advantage. Right. Otherwise, you go at night. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. The here. night crawlers are not out yet no. at 1 o'clock in Tempe. And it actually sounded like an Oregon home game. Um, but it was an interesting weekend because, look, there's not a lot to take away from a blowout win over ASU. ASU's not a good team. And. It just nobody was surprised by that, right? Forty-two nothing at the half. Well done. Backups basically played the entire second half. It seems like the only lingering topic around Oregon, at least until we get to a little bit of a preview of Friday's game, is the Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. because Bo Nix did go twenty-four twenty-nine, four hundred four yards and six touchdowns. He had more touchdowns and incompletions, and I want to say three of those incompletions came on the opening drive of the game, and then you only had like two the rest of the day, which was incredibly impressive. Uh, and that's an Arizona State team that only given up thirty points twice this year. But then you had Jaden Daniels later in the night have the game that he had. And then obviously Penix, who I thought played great considering the circumstances and the stat line's going to lie to you a little bit. Uh, but do we give Bo Nix Heisman credit for doing that against ASU? Well, Was that enough to impress you, on. Heisman voters? Uh, well, I, you know my position. It's it's going to stay unchanged the rest of the year. Um, I think the three that definitely should be there, and if you want to nitpick the fourth, this Marvin William, Marvin Harrison thing is weird to me. I don't. Yeah, just stop it. Stop it. Adunze and Troy Franklin both have better numbers. Yeah, than but they're going to put him in there because his quarterback sucks. So and his name. Yeah, and his name. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not actually going to knock Bo Nix, and I'm I'm also not giving him a ton of like prop up. I don't think I need to. His stats speak for themselves. He is still the favorite today. But what's funny is I cannot in good conscience say anything about Bo Nix when LSU was up 42-14 to 14 and proceeded to keep Jaden Daniels in to do what many people are obviously pointing out. I think Nick's has this a little bit too. There's some stat padding happening here. Can we call that what it is? It's it's stat padding. They're playing lesser opponents, uh, especially LSU, and every opportunity to get tighties, we're just going to give them to the Heisman front runners for our respective teams. That has happened definitely inside the two-yard line at times this year. Oregon just goes quarterback sneak a lot just to give him the touchdowns, and he's got a lot of rushing touchdowns in that regard. I'm not even mad at it. I don't mean it to sound like a diss, but no. like I, I think they're playing bad teams. And The Jaden Daniels thing was a little comical this weekend because it was so obvious what they they played Georgia State this weekend, yeah. and they were up by 40 in the second half of that game, and, and he they played them in there. the entire game. <laughs> like 42-14. I think he scored two more touchdowns out of that. Why is he 
in the game. They did not take him out. And I there there is a pushback I think on a narrative that is starting to come out that I I I will get a little defensive about. Like if you want to tell me you don't think Bo Nix is the best quarterback in the country, like that's fine. I have no issue with that. Penix is amazing. Daniels is amazing. Hell, I still think Caleb Williams is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft, and we're just like not even talking about him because his team has collapsed around him. There has been this narrative though that has been created. One, it's like oh Bo Nix just throws checkdowns. Everything's at the line of scrimmage. It's like okay, well I like running an efficient offense with easy completable passes. You have great athletes get the ball to him in space. That seems to make a lot of sense. Oregon's a top ten offense in the country. But there was, I can't remember who it was, but one of these national talking heads had the take of, see, Jaden Daniels, look what he did. This, Look at the numbers. Nobody can touch this. Mm-hmm. Look at how tough his schedule was. He didn't have any help around him. If you take Jaden Daniels off LSU, that's a four or five win team. And then in the same tweet, it said, if you take Bo Nix off of Oregon, they're probably still 10 and one. It's like, get the, like, all right, hold yeah, on, that, hold on, challenge that's, flag. That's where it gets dumb. <laughs> that's challenge. where it gets really dumb. You can tell me you don't think Nix <laughs> is as good as Daniels or Caleb Williams or you think Michael Penix is better, that's fine, whatever. That's a, that's a beauty in the eye of the beholder thing. To, to start to discredit what he has meant to this football team is where my peacock feathers will stick out and I'll say, like, give me a break, dude. This guy is unbelievable at the line of scrimmage. He's an incredible leader inside that locker room. He's the one that gave the passion speech when they lost to Washington about how they're going to come back and they have been only better since that game happened. Like, he he has been remarkable for this team. And Oregon, with a lot of other quarterbacks, is nowhere near sniffing an opportunity to go to a Pac-12 or college football playoff. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I think we have talked about Bo Nix and whether – I. I don't even have a Heisman vote. Like, if I don't vote for him, it doesn't. I've said it too many times. Account. He should be in New York. That is the stupidest thing to say. Well, they'd only, they'd be ten and one without Bo Nix. Obviously, Bo Nix in these last two seasons has meant almost everything to Oregon. If you don't get Bo Nix, you get somebody else. I don't know if that somebody else is doing what Bo's doing. And then like, oh, it's Ty Thompson. And I know some Duck fans have been happy with Ty Thompson in spot moments, but I don't know if they're doing this. No, uh, they're not or, doing this. Okay, so <laughs> no chance. My only thing, th- this continues to be a, a thing for me that I'm I'm kind of just a little confused on, is stats and winning are basically the two indicators of Heisman Trophy winning. Yes. I just don't, I, I guess I'm just, what I'm confused on is how the undefeated quarterback that beat the other quarterback on the other team, even though they're not really controlling each other's games. Sure. You have a head-to-head. You have an undefeated season. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the most amazing he's been all year because he didn't throw for 200 yards, but he had two tuds, no picks. And I know he has the ASU game. I just, I'm confused why he has been relegated to second odds behind Knicks. I, I, he checks off more boxes and his team's undefeated. Usually the undefeated story quarterback is like the thing, it just drives itself to the award. And Oregon, I think, this is my two cents, I think Oregon has more respect nationally, and anytime Oregon puts together three or four wins in a row, it's, oh man, look at Oregon, and Washington has survived a few of these games, but I don't feel like Washington has the same kind of respect Oregon does, and I think that speaks very highly of your program in Eugene, that they've done that for themselves, their reputation, because I don't don't understand it, I don't get it. His numbers are awesome, Nick's are. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think Penix is a little more a little more dependent on their their strength of schedule is not to be argued with. No, uh, Oregon doesn't have a top twenty five win right now, and so I just I'm kind of confused. I've been confused for a couple of weeks, and I guess I'm just going to be confused the rest of the year, even when Bo is holding the trophy up, because <laughs> I just think Penix in any other year this is the easiest layup, and 
the noise is about Knicks more than anybody else. Yeah, the last thing I'll say on this is that uh, the Jane Daniels stuff, his numbers are you know, awesome. He's an unbelievable quarterback, and he's had a great year. It is a little comical when you leave a guy in up by 40 with 10 minutes to go, and he's piling up touchdowns against Georgia State. Like that, I don't know. I, I almost knock you down a peg a little bit in my mind that that's the way you're going about doing this. It's like watching a guy purposefully miss a shot to get a triple-double to grab his own rebound. <laughs> like, I'm going to throw it off the rim. Like, all right, come on. Let's he's not... had a monster year. He's though. had an unbelievable year. My only crit- critique of Jaden Daniels is I don't think there's there's any other conference that exists in which a guy with three losses would get the same level of credit that Jaden Daniels is. And I don't think the SEC is that good this year. I think the SEC is two teams and two teams only. Yeah. After Alabama and Georgia, LSU's a different version of USC. They're a great offense and a horrible defense. Florida is ass. Tennessee is not good. Missouri's fine. What Missouri and Arizona, like, stop it. They have two elite teams, and outside of that, they have nobody else. But he gets the benefit of the doubt because he plays in the SEC. If he was putting these numbers up at Arizona State and they had the same record, nobody would be talking about him as a high trophy winning quarterback i'll maintain the opinion i've had for a couple of weeks i think the winner of the award is who if we get the rematch is who wins the game in las vegas if it's Penix versus Knicks in that game, I think whoever wins that game gets the Heisman. But I don't disagree with anything that you're saying about Penix. There's a, there's been a weird thing about Washington this year, and we're all guilty of it from time to time. Of just I don't know if it was the close Arizona State Stanford games of just finding ways to nitpick and critique when they continue to find ways to win ball games. I so. uh, the only thing on final thing on Daniels too is I, I I do think the SEC part is playing a huge factor in this. It is pretty crazy. So I'm trying to see. So this year he's thrown for 3,500 yards. He's rushed for a thousand. I was trying to comp this. So Lamar's, yeah, him and Lamar. When Lamar won the Heisman at Louisville, mm-hmm. very comparable. Lamar had a little more rushing yards, but like passing wise, they're about the same, and they both rushed for over a thousand yards. Somebody did the Kyler Murray comparison too, very similar to Kyler Murray. Yeah, as well, very, so. very similar to that. So I did. I tend to agree with what you're saying about the SEC and propping a guy up. I do, and he's absolutely stat padded this weekend. There's no argument there. It's just statistically he is doing something we haven't seen since Lamar. It's it's unbelievable the year he's had. But your guy's I, your guy continues to be the favorite, man. He continues to be the odds-on favorite to win the award. I think if they get the rematch in Vegas, whoever wins that game will get it. Time will tell on that. Let's talk about another quarterback who threw a massive curveball into the sport. How do we react to it? We'll get to that coming up next on The Fam. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, A couple final thoughts on the Oregon win. 
I will say, like, we keep waiting for the for the ball to drop on college football, if you will, like for midnight to hit and one of these crazy weekends to happen. And at least at this point, it just hasn't. Like North Alabama, when that Travis injury happened, we'll get to that here in a second. They were up thirteen nothing in that game. You're like, oh my god, because could this be it? And they won fifty eight to thirteen. We saw the score, and also I had no service in research. Like the minute you get into Corvallis, cell phone coverage drops, just disappears. Yeah. And so all I saw was the score on the ticker, and I'm like, oh man, what's happening there? And then I get home, and I I couldn't sleep, so I look at some box scores and. Jordan Travis, broken foot. He had the uh, the old Dak Prescott happen. Not good, Bob. That was an ugly one. Michigan struggled with Maryland. Uh, that was a spot that everybody's like, ooh, could this be a trap game? They had a big lead. Let it slip away. You're like, all right, that ended up being tight. Texas, I got to watch that one. Texas was in a dogfight all yep. night with Iowa State. They pulled away at the end and ended up winning by 10. So we continue to, like, hey, at some point this has to settle itself, right? At some point these teams have to lose. That just hasn't been the case, man. We only got one more week in the regular season and then it's conference championship week. Obviously, like Michigan and Ohio State are going to play and Alabama and Georgia are going to play. But I'll repeat kind of what I said on Friday. As dumb as it sounds, like style points matter at this point. Eking out wins if your Oregon is a one-loss team is going to hurt your resume when you have Texas and Alabama that people are eagerly waiting as one-loss teams to say, I want to move them ahead of the Ducks. Alabama's probably not going to get that benefit because they play Chattanooga this week. Uh, Texas might. They played on the road at Iowa State. I don't know. But that, that you had to go out and win that game emphatically, and that's mm-hmm. exa- 42 nothing. is about as emphatic as you could be at halftime. And look, you can, you can classify this as reactionary ridiculousness, and you – be right to do that. My takeaway too, in talking about some of the stuff with my cousin on the way home, I I've been wrong before, and so I love I would love to be wrong here. I I'm kind of afraid what could happen in Eugene this week. Mm. There's a real vibe, you know. DJ doing the whole like goodbye thing without saying goodbye, and he's like, yeah, I could play my brother. Never done that before. Like, let's we'll see where this Oregon State team is. I think they'll show up, but like. Oregon doesn't have a top 25 win anymore. Utah's out. Thanks, Arizona. You Uh, really screwed us there. Who saw Arizona as the third best team in the Pac-12 this year? Not me. Watch them beat Oregon State and Oregon State fall out of the top 25, and that'll still be used against them. Well, but (laughs) But but, Washington gets credit for the number 11 win in the country. Yeah, well, if if Oregon State falls out, that's not a rank win for Washington anymore. I just, I, I think some of this stuff does matter, and if Oregon can get up early big, I, I think the foot's on the pedal because, oh, by the way, you think Dan Lanning was happy about losing that game last year? You don't think he thought about 19 straight runs? You don't think that motivated him to continue to build the program from one year to the second already and had all this defensive line talent? Like, if they can do it, they're going to do it because it sends a message. And they're well aware of that. It's like the Colorado game. Like, this is a win for me in three different facets. Yeah. We win. I, I beat a team everybody's talking about. And, oh, by the way, the recruiting trail. I'm a little worried. I'm taking Oregon State in the points because of our show bet. If I was actually a gambling man in Las Vegas, Nevada, I'd probably be betting the Ducks in this one. Yeah, there's the aspect, too, where one of the few criticisms you can make about his tenure is that he hasn't beaten a rival yet. No, this He's is a big three. one. Yeah. 0-3 against Washington and Oregon State, so he, he needs it. 0-4 would be a disaster, and to lose this game at home, if I mean, I imagine Arizona's going to beat Arizona State. A loss this weekend would knock them out of the Pac-12 title game. <laughs> Arizona, would you would get yeah. Arizona and Washington rematch, which would be hilarious, just like we all predicted at the start of the year. Oregon State has the <laughs> opportunity to do something legendary for their program but what's funny is you and I talked about during the break as I don't know disappointed or let down I don't I don't know where most Beaver fans are I can't try to classify it but if they're in that category one of those 
What's funny is they had the exact same record going into this game. Yes, they did. A year ago. And they don't have they did not have a pathway to the Pac-12 title game if I remember correctly last year either. No, but they they won it. They played at home, so they won it. They're on the road. They statistically they're just half the team that they are normally. So they're going on the road and they're trying to do something they can't really do. Mm-hmm. And if they lose it, I don't think the reaction needs to be like fire people and this like it was the same thing. It just ended on a more positive note. You beat Oregon, and you won your bowl game against a team that had completely quit. Yeah. So, yeah, you won 10 games last year. It was a great story. I don't think losing this year means the story needs to be done or completely altered and changed. Coming into the the same game, same record. Like, you kind of did the same things. I think, if anything, there's more of a story of... The quarterback difference wasn't as big as we thought it would be. He's better, but like it's not like it's made that big of an impact. And your wide receiver talent, you didn't upgrade it, and you needed it. You needed to this year. Yeah, that's the tough part with the quarterback transfer stuff, man. Because you just never, you never know, right? Like we always think because X, Y, and Z work, that means they're all going to work, and they're all going to be elite upgrade. It just isn't always the case. There's a lot of guys in the portal that don't end up panning out to that level. Not that DJ's been bad. The numbers for a large chunk of the year have been pretty decent. Like the numbers are better than what you had a year ago. But we kind of said it on Friday. Like if you're going to pull off an upset, whether it be this weekend against Washington or this coming Friday against Oregon, like he has to play at a high level to win these kind of games. Games, you're not going to be able to get away f- with the comeback like you had against Oregon very often. That's the outlier kind of game where you just run the ball, yeah. the other team makes special teams blunders, they don't pick up a fourth down. Like All of the things went right late in that game. Usually in order to win these games, you need elite quarterback play, and they did not have it Saturday, and we'll see if they have it on Friday. 5-3 and three so. in conference post your 3-0 and start. Yep. I just ask yourself this. How many conference games did you walk away from Oregon State saying, I felt like the quarterback won the game for them today? Yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. We got some poll questions we need to answer. I didn't get to my quarterback question there and how it's going to impact the team going forward. So get to that in the final hour. The Apple Cup is sticking around. They announced a deal over the weekend. We'll discuss that. Some NFL thoughts. It is a loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and spray on 1080 The Fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.